everyone, welcome back to the Thrive in EDU podcast. Happy New Year. I am Rochelle Danae Poth. This is season two, episode 24, I think. I might be off in one, but that's okay. We're going to go with episode 24. And if you are just starting to listen to my podcast, um, welcome. If you have been listening, then thank you for listening again. And uh, a couple of things about it since I'm moving right along here in my season two is uh, if you're new to listening to my podcast, I don't always know ahead of time what my topics will be about. It's basically just me talking with myself. and I, I've invited people to come on and, and talk with me, and uh, I don't know, it's just been me over the last almost, well, a year and a half, I guess, and it has become a really good way for me to kind of think through some things, share how I'm feeling about some of the frustrations, the challenges, uh, definitely a lot of the successes and the wins or the near wins, and probably somewhere mixed in between that, some of the anxiety too. I know that. I have been definitely feeling a lot of mixed emotions over, I don't know, the past three or four months in this new school year, at least with so many other things going on, uh, definitely in the last school year as well. But I've also seen a lot of changes that I've made in my classroom, things that I've looked at a little bit differently, ways that I've pushed myself that I hadn't been pushing myself before. And so at the end of the day, I have to say that even if there are a lot of negatives and a lot of times where I'm just feeling like I'm really not doing a good job, uh, that I have to keep in mind that there are a lot of things that I've done right, I've done better. Uh, Always gonna be things that I could improve upon. And a lot of times in classes, I mean, I'm fortunate that I teach two sections of Spanish one, I teach two sections of Spanish two. So if I do something in one of those classes and it doesn't really go that well, I have that chance to think about it and try and improve upon it for the next time that I teach it. Of course, it gives me something else to work on for the next day when I see that same class again in the morning, I can kind of tweak something else to give them additional opportunities that perhaps didn't actually work out in that prior day. So that's one of the things that I like about it. Um, It also gives me a chance to just try new ideas sometimes too. What I think might be a great idea, it's gonna go really well, then I put it into practice and it's just awful. Um, There are also times where I feel like I'm talking to the wall and that's because a lot of the time we we are, right? If we're teaching hybrid or uh, we're teaching fully virtual, we may have students who don't have their cameras on and There's a lot of conversations that are going on out there about that, whether they should be required to have them on or if it should be their choice. Um, So I'm totally not going to get into that discussion because my opinion on it has changed over time because I've become more aware of students' circumstances and why they may not want to have the camera on. Uh, So it has really given me a lot to think about, although I really enjoy seeing my students' faces and feeling that you're having that interaction, but sometimes I've even said to them, like, I feel like I'm talking to the wall, but that's because sometimes I actually am. When we were virtual, teaching from home, I have two computers and I'm standing and I'm facing the computer, but it's just the screen and behind that screen is the wall. So uh, I really like being able to see them and interact with them. So sometimes I just really want to do something different and have that time, have that opportunity to kind of 
I don't know, work around some kinds of challenges that I've had. So lots of rambling going on here right now, but that's because it's the day before heading back to school with definitely some um, anxiety, worry, concern about it just because of all of the things that are going on. Uh, safety, of course, is a big issue and just the balance of so many things. Having the time off from school over the holidays, not gonna lie, has been great. Uh, I have not taken a break. I really look forward to the holiday time just because I can be at home. Uh, I can sleep in later, not worry about it, but I also really look forward to it because it gives me a chance to catch up on some things. Not anything like cleaning, but reading a little bit, doing a lot of writing, catching up on podcasts uh, when I'm working, and of course, time with family to just enjoy having time to focus on each other and what's going on in everybody's lives. So, uh, but now that it's, you know, we're heading back to school, for some of us, we're heading back, you know, right away, beginning of the new year, and I have a lot of friends who still have another week off of school, uh, but it doesn't change anything. At some point, we are still going to be in the same position where I'm finding myself right now, which is what am I going to do this year, this new year? What am I going to start with the first day that we're back? Uh, what was I even doing before we left on break? Because we had a couple of snow days, which fortunately now with having everything set up, we have flexible instruction days, which is great. We don't have to worry about making up those snow days at the end of the year. Uh, so that's a plus. We also had some days where we shifted because of some cases to virtual instruction. And so it has been a while since I've actually been with students in the classroom. The numbers of students actually coming in for hybrid has dropped off significantly in my case. So there are some days where it's just me in my classroom and all of my students are at home. And so I've been really trying to think of some different activities, different ways to assess them. One of the big areas that I have that's kind of a a little bit of a stressor right now is for midterm exams. So we have four nine weeks and we give a midterm and a final exam to make up the rest of the percentage for their final grade. And in regular years, my exam has a couple of different parts. I usually have students work on some type of project or some other kind of more authentic activity for them. And then of course I have a traditional type of an assessment with some different questions or having them do some open responses or something like that. But we're all in the same classroom. I'm there to kind of support them. I'm there to make sure they're not using online translators or anything like that. However, now that we are in hybrid, uh, a little bit of a different story. And so that is definitely a battle that I have been <laughs> dealing with for many years, but even more so now since the students are not with me in class. And so I've really tried to emphasize the importance of knowing how to use the resources. So using an online dictionary, great, because you can sort through the questions. I bring out the paper dictionaries, the really big, heavy dictionaries, and say, this is what you need to get. So you're physically looking up the words and understanding uh, and emphasizing. You're not saying them like, oh, don't you dare use a translator because it's not about that, it's about understanding when it's okay or how they should use these different resources that are out there. So it has been a bigger challenge for me trying to think about how I'm going to give them a midterm exam or midterm assessment. And so the number one answer from other colleagues is give them a project. Great idea, because it's more authentic for them 
Students can have a lot of choices. They can be creative. They can show their learning in whatever way meets their interests and their needs. However, it still comes back to that translator piece that even though I reassure them that I want them to make mistakes, they need to make mistakes so that I can help them to learn that they can see their own growth, it still does not fully deter them from using those translators, from going to that website online that has all of the answers to the books. So it's keeping me on my toes a lot, but that's good because that's how it pushes me to keep learning and growing and looking for new ideas. So what I've been doing is checking out some of the different chats that are happening, looking at the conversations in the different Facebook communities, uh, asking through Voxer to some of my friends or through Slack, there are so many options, reading blogs, listening to podcasts to get some different ideas of what can I start this year with? What do I need to do on the first day? What are some tools that maybe I haven't used that I should kind of check into? And so for the rest of this episode, which is kind of, I don't know, a lot of things going on right now. Maybe you're feeling the same thing. Maybe you have the same questions. Would love to know if you have some answers to my questions because that's how we learn. We keep sharing our stories, uh, looking for ideas. Again, things I wish I knew many years ago. Uh, but instead I kept myself isolated. I didn't have opportunities to learn and to grow. And worst, worst thing about it is I should say, I didn't have opportunities for my students. Now that I know way more than I did back then because I have connections so I can bring in a lot more knowledge, I have a lot of other ideas. So I am going to throw out some ideas of things that I think work really well, some different tools that you might already be using. Uh, one thing that has been a lot of fun is Look It. I might be saying it wrong, so I'll spell it. It's B-L-O-O-K-E-T. It is a game-based learning tool. Actually, great story. I talked to the creator of it, who is currently a sophomore at Duke, and he has been uh, kind of talking with Josh, who is the creator of GimKit. So anybody that knows GimKit, I would recommend checking out this game. My students really like it. Uh, a lot of different possibilities for playing, and I think probably for this week, I will start by doing some review using some of these different interactive kind of, I don't know, tools or platforms to get started. Another one that uh, has come up a lot that I'm going to investigate is Jamboard. I did explore it, although not nearly enough. However, there have been a lot of different examples shared in different Facebook communities. You can probably hashtag Google Jamboard or anything to get some ideas for how you can use it. Alice Keeler has a lot of information too that you can check out. So that is definitely on my list for this new year. Some other things, uh, perhaps you've never thought about using some tools that you have for a different purpose. Like maybe you've used Wakelet to kind of store some resources, but maybe you've never used it for students to kind of collaborate on a project or my friend Laura Steinbring created a scavenger hunt using Wakelet. So that's a great option. Field trips. If you've been using or thought about using Mystery Skype, which is not kind of there anymore, Flipgrid, great option for so many reasons. Uh, if you want students to give responses to something, so I can have them do speaking assessments. We've done project-based learning and connected with other students in Spanish-speaking countries and our students in both classrooms kind of just exchanged ideas. Uh, they were able to see each other, they were able to ask questions. And then for me, I'm able to add in extra things onto those Flipgrid 
prompts or topics, whatever I create. So I have a Buncee. Buncee, fantastic tool. Lots of things that you can do with it. B-U-N-C-E-E, -E, if uh, you're not sure how to spell it. But even with augmented reality. So many possibilities. I would say look it, check out the Wakelet, Jamboard. I just dropped Buncee again because it is a very multi-purpose, very versatile tool for students and for teachers. And then there are some other game-based learning tools that I haven't checked into yet, but I have a long list of some of them. And then there are some, there's one that's called Mote, M-O-T-E, for some responses to get students to do some responses. So that is also on my list to check out. And of course, every year I think back to uh, tools that made a difference for me in that year. And it's interesting for the past, I think, four years now that I've done that, there are some tools that have made that list every single year, although for different reasons because they keep adding different capabilities within their platforms. So some of the ones that have been on there the longest would be um, Nearpod is one. Padlet has always been another one that you can rely on for a lot of reasons. I just saw a question yesterday where somebody was asking how they can have students introduce themselves to their classmates but without doing kind of like a video, that type of thing, because students were kind of nervous about doing that. And so the suggestion was Padlet. Students could put a picture, they could just put a description. If they wanted to record their video, they could do that and upload that onto the Padlet. So those are some that have been on there every single year. Um, other ones, like of course, Buncee makes the list for so many reasons every single year. And then I also added on Zigazoo which if anybody had seen that, or if you want to know how to spell it, it's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. -O. Uh, it is an app. It's on Android and iOS. My friend, Laura Steinbrink, and actually my other friend, Kristen Nan, did a teacher takeover a couple of months ago. Students can record up to a 30 second video. There are lots of educator channels and there will be some teacher channels. So it's a prompt that's already there. It's a prompt that you can create. I had my students do something with it a couple of months ago. I wasn't sure what they would think about it. Um, these are sophomores and juniors that actually did this and they loved it. Their response was that they liked it better than Flipgrid, <laughs> no offense. They liked it better than Snapchat. Uh, they just, they liked the capabilities of it because it's kind of, the way that it functions, it reminds you of Instagram, for example, just the way that the layout of it is. So it's a very familiar feel for them to use. So uh, that's a lot of information with out clear direction, I guess, but I don't know, maybe the whole message for this podcast episode today is just, if you're feeling like there's a lot going on that you're not sure how to start back into the new year with all the things that are going on and you're looking for some new ideas, probably still exhausted. I know I'm still exhausted, even though just coming off of the break, but we can keep on going. A couple of months ago, I wasn't, I wasn't sure. I was struggling thinking about like, how are we going to get, not how are we, how am I gonna get through this year with all of the things to balance? And I don't know, almost uh, about a week and a half now out of school and out of that routine, I am nervous about getting back into it because I was so tired and I work a lot anyway, but just it's a different kind of exhaustion because of teaching online and teaching the students in the classroom and the cleaning and making sure all of the tech is working and all the things that we have and I don't have to tell all of you because we're all experiencing the same thing. So anyway, 
if you have ideas to share, if you are, if you have questions, let me know. If you have answers to my questions, definitely let me know. I thank you for listening. And before I forget, would love if you are not already a member, joined my Thrive in EDU Facebook community. Even if you're not a big fan of Facebook, but you're looking for another community to join, something that's not very um, heavy, but it's also supportive and offers information, I definitely recommend this community. I started it to kind of just be a space that it's not always positive, but it's about having a supportive space for educators. So we have fun. We post what we're reading, what we're writing, what we're learning. Uh, also just funny gifts, gifs, whatever you want to call them. But would love to have you join Mondays and Fridays. Melody and I go live and have guests. We have fun. We talk about education. Uh, thanks to Bree and Lainey who do Lemonade Learning Podcast. We do the sweet and sour every week. And um, I don't know, it's just a lot of fun to be part of that community and to see it grow. So I invite you to join. And as always, thank you for listening. I will catch you in the next episode, which no idea what I will talk about. But if there's a topic that you would like for me to talk about, or even better, you want to talk with me, let me know. I hope you have a fantastic day and I will catch you next time. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Thrive in EDU podcast. Happy New Year. I am Rochelle Danae Poth. This is season two, episode 24, I think. I might be off in one, but that's okay. We're going to go with episode 24. And if you are just starting to listen to my podcast, um, welcome. If you have been listening, then thank you for listening again. And a couple of things about it since I'm moving right along here in my season two is uh, if you're new to listening to my podcast, I don't always know ahead of time what my topics will be about. It's basically just me talking with myself. Uh, and I, I've invited people to come on and, and talk with me. And uh, I don't know. It's just been me over the last almost, well, a year and a half, I guess. And it has become a really good way for me to kind of think through some things, share how I'm feeling about some of the frustrations, the challenges, uh, definitely a lot of the successes and the wins or the near wins, and probably somewhere mixed in between that, some of the anxiety too. I know that I have been definitely feeling a lot of mixed emotions over, I don't know, the past three or four months in this new school year, at least with so many other things going on, uh, definitely in the last school year as well. But I've also seen a lot of changes that I've made in my classroom, things that I've looked at a little bit differently, ways that I've pushed myself that I hadn't been pushing myself before. And so at the end of the day, I have to say that even if there are a lot of negatives and a lot of times where I'm just feeling like I'm really not doing a good job, uh, that I have to keep in mind that there are a lot of things that I've done right, I've done better. Uh, always going to be things that I could improve upon. And a lot of times in classes, I mean, I'm fortunate that I teach two sections of Spanish one. I teach two sections of Spanish two. So if I do something in one of those classes and it doesn't really go that well, I have that chance to think about it and try and improve upon it for the next time that I teach it. Of course, it gives me something else to work on for the next day when I see that same class again in the morning. 
I can kind of tweak something else to give them additional opportunities that perhaps didn't actually work out in that prior day. So that's one of the things that I like about it. Um, it also gives me a chance to just try new ideas sometimes too. What I think might be a great idea, it's gonna go really well, then I put it into practice and it's just awful. Uh, there are also times where I feel like I'm talking to the wall and that's because a lot of the time I, we, we are, right? If we're teaching hybrid or uh, we're teaching fully virtual, we may have students who don't have their cameras on and there's a lot of conversations that are going on out there about that, whether they should be required to have them on or if it should be their choice. Um, so I'm totally not going to get into that discussion because my opinion on it has changed over time because I've become more aware of students' circumstances and why they may not want to have the camera on. Uh, so it has really given me a lot to think about, although I really enjoy seeing my students' faces and feeling that you're having that interaction, but sometimes I've even said to them, like, I feel like I'm talking to the wall, but that's because sometimes I actually am. When we were virtual, teaching from home, I have two computers and I'm standing and I'm facing the computer, but it's just the screen and behind that screen is the wall. So uh, I really like being able to see them and interact with them. So sometimes I just really want to do something different and have that time, have that opportunity to kind of, I don't know, work around some kinds of challenges that I've had. So lots of rambling going on here right now, but that's because it's the day before heading back to school with Definitely some um, anxiety, worry, concern about it just because of all of the things that are going on. Uh, safety, of course, is a big issue. And just the balance of so many things. Having the time off from school over the holidays, not gonna lie, has been great. Uh, I have not taken a break. I really look forward to the holiday time just because I can be at home. Uh, I can sleep in later, not worry about it. but. I also really look forward to it because it gives me a chance to catch up on some things. Not anything like cleaning, but reading a little bit, doing a lot of writing, catching up on podcasts uh, when I'm working, and of course, time with family to just enjoy having time to focus on each other and what's going on in everybody's lives. So, uh, but now that it's, you know, we're heading back to school, for some of us, we're heading back you know, right away, beginning of the new year. And I have a lot of friends who still have another week off of school, uh, but it doesn't change anything. At some point, we are still going to be in the same position where I'm finding myself right now, which is what am I going to do this year, this new year? What am I gonna start with the first day that we're back? Uh, what was I even doing before we left on break? Because we had a couple of snow days, which fortunately now with having Everything's set up. We have flexible instruction days, which is great. We don't have to worry about making up those snow days at the end of the year. Uh, so that's a plus. We also had some days where we shifted because of some cases to virtual instruction. And so it has been a while since I've actually been with students in the classroom. The numbers of students actually coming in for hybrid has dropped off significantly in my case. So there are some days where it's just me in my classroom and all of my students are at home. And so I've been really trying to think of some different activities, different ways to assess them. One of the big areas that I have that's kind of a little bit of a stressor right now is for midterm exams. So we have four nine weeks and we give a midterm and a final exam to make up the rest of the percentage for their final grade. 
And in regular years, my exam has a couple of different parts. I usually have students work on some type of project or some other kind of more authentic activity for them. And then, of course, I have a traditional type of an assessment with some different questions or having them do some open responses or something like that. But we're all in the same classroom. I'm there to kind of support them. I'm there to make sure they're not using online translators or anything like that. However, now that we are in hybrid, uh, a little bit of a different story. And so that is definitely a battle that I have been <laughs> dealing with for many years, but even more so now since the students are not with me in class. And so I've really tried to emphasize the importance of knowing how to use the resources. So using an online dictionary, great, because you can sort through the questions. I bring out the paper dictionaries, the really big, heavy dictionaries, and say, this is what you need to get. So you're physically looking up the words and understanding uh, and emphasizing. You're not saying then like, oh, don't you dare use a translator, because it's not about that. It's about understanding when it's okay or how they should use these different resources that are out there. So it has been a bigger <laughs> challenge for me trying to think about how I'm going to give them a midterm exam or midterm assessment. And so the number one answer from other colleagues is give them a project. Great idea because it's more authentic for them. Students can have a lot of choices. They can be creative. They can show their learning in whatever way meets their interests and their needs. However, it still comes back to that translator piece that even though I reassure them that I want them to make mistakes. They need to make mistakes so that I can help them to learn that they can see their own growth. It still does not fully deter them from using those translators, from going to that website online that has all of the answers to the books. So it's keeping me on my toes a lot, but that's good because that's how it pushes me to keep learning and growing and looking for new ideas. So what I've been doing is checking out some of the different chats that are happening, looking at the conversations in the different Facebook communities, uh, asking through Voxer to some of my friends or through Slack. There are so many options. Reading blogs, listening to podcasts to get some different ideas of what can I start this year with? What do I need to do on the first day? What are some tools that maybe I haven't used that I should kind of check into? And so for the rest of this episode, which is kind of I don't know, a lot of things going on right now. Maybe you're feeling the same thing. Maybe you have the same questions. Would love to know if you have some answers to my questions because that's how we learn. We keep sharing our stories, uh, looking for ideas. Again, things I wish I knew many years ago, uh, but instead I kept myself isolated. I didn't have opportunities to learn and to grow. And worst, worst thing about it is I should say, I didn't have opportunities for my students. Now that I know way more than I did back then because I have connections so I can bring in a lot more knowledge. I have a lot of other ideas. So I am going to throw out some ideas of things that I think work really well, some different tools that you might already be using. Uh, one thing that has been a lot of fun is Blookit. I might be saying it wrong, so I'll spell it. It's B-L-O-O-K-E-T. It is a game-based learning tool. Actually, Great story, I talked to the creator of it who is currently a sophomore at Duke and he has been uh, kind of talking with Josh who is the creator of GimKit. So anybody that knows GimKit, I would recommend checking out this game. My students really like it. Uh, a lot of different possibilities for playing and I think 
probably for this week, I will start by doing some review using some of these different interactive kind of, I don't know, tools or platforms to get started. Another one that uh, has come up a lot that I'm going to investigate is Jamboard. I did explore it, although not nearly enough. However, there have been a lot of different examples shared in different Facebook communities. You can probably hashtag Google Jamboard or anything to get some ideas for how you can use it. Alice Keeler has a lot of information too that you can check out. So that is definitely on my list for this new year. Some other things, uh, perhaps you've never thought about using some tools that you have for a different purpose. Like maybe you've used Wakelet to kind of store some resources, but maybe you've never used it for students to kind of collaborate on a project. Or my friend Laura Steinbrink created a scavenger hunt using Wakelet. So that's a great option. Field trips. If you've been using or thought about using Mystery Skype, which is not kind of there anymore, Flipgrid, great option for so many reasons. Uh, if you want students to give responses to something, so I can have them do speaking assessments. We've done project-based learning and connected with other students in Spanish-speaking countries, and our students in both classrooms kind of just exchanged ideas. Uh, they were able to see each other, they were able to ask questions, and then for me, I'm able to add in extra things onto those Flipgrid prompts or topics, whatever I create. So I have a Buncee. Buncee, fantastic tool. Lots of things that you can do with it. B-U-N-C-E-E, -E, if uh, you're not sure how to spell it. But even with augmented reality. So many possibilities. I would say Blookit, check out the Wakelet, Jamboard. I just dropped Buncee again because it is a very multi-purpose, very versatile tool for students and for teachers. And then there are some other game-based learning tools that I haven't checked into yet, but I have a long list of some of them. And then there are some, there's one that's called Moat, M-O-T-E, for some responses to get students to do some responses. So that is also on my list to check out. And of course, every year I think back to uh, tools that made a difference for me in that year. And it's interesting for the past, I think, four years now that I've done that, there are some tools that have made that list every single year, although for different reasons because they keep adding different capabilities within their platforms. So some of the ones that have been on there the longest would be um, Nearpod is one. Padlet has always been another one that you can rely on for a lot of reasons. I just saw a question yesterday where somebody was asking, how they can have students introduce themselves to their classmates, but without doing kind of like a video, that type of thing, because students were kind of nervous about doing that. And so the suggestion was Padlet. Students could put a picture, they could just put a description. If they wanted to record their video, they could do that and upload that onto the Padlet. So those are some that have been on there every single year. Um, other ones, like of course, Buncee makes the list for so many reasons every single year. And then I also added on Zigazoo, which if anybody had seen that, or if you want to know how to spell it, it's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. -O. Uh, it is an app. It's on Android and iOS. My friend, Laura Steinbrink, and actually my other friend, Kristen Nan, did a teacher takeover a couple of months ago. Students can record up to a 30-second video. There are lots of educator channels, and there will be some teacher channels. So it's a prompt that's already there. It's a prompt that you can create. I had my students do something with it a couple of months ago. I wasn't sure what they would think about it. Um, these are sophomores and juniors that actually did this. 
and they loved it. Their response was that they liked it better than Flipgrid, no offense. They liked it better than Snapchat. Uh, they just, they liked the capabilities of it because it's kind of the way that it functions. It reminds you of Instagram, for example, just the way that the layout of it is. So it's a very familiar feel for them to use. So, uh, that's a lot of information without clear direction, I guess, but I don't know, maybe the whole message for this podcast episode today is just, if you're feeling like there's a lot going on that you're not sure how to start back into the new year with all the things that are going on and you're looking for some new ideas, probably still exhausted. I know I'm still exhausted, even though just coming off of the break, but we can keep on going. Uh, A couple of months ago, I wasn't, I wasn't sure. I was struggling thinking about like, how are we going to get, not how are we, how am I going to get through this year with all of the things to balance? And I don't know, almost uh, about a week and a half now out of school and out of that routine, I am nervous about getting back into it because I was so tired and I work a lot anyway, but just it's a different kind of exhaustion because of teaching online and teaching the students in the classroom and the cleaning and making sure all the tech is working and all the things that we have. And I don't have to tell all of you because we're all experiencing the same thing. So anyway, uh, if you have ideas to share, if you are, if you have questions, let me know. If you have answers to my questions, definitely let me know. I thank you for listening. And before I forget, would love if you are not already a member, joined my Thrive in EDU Facebook community. Even if you're not a big fan of Facebook, but you're looking for another community to join, something that's not very um, heavy, but it's also supportive and offers information. I definitely recommend this community. I started it to kind of just be a space that it's not always positive, but it's about having a supportive space for educators. So we have fun. We post what we're reading, what we're writing, what we're learning. Uh, Also just funny gifts, gifs, whatever you want to call them, but would love to have you join Mondays and Fridays. Melody and I go live and have guests. We have fun. We talk about education. Uh, Thanks to Brie and Lainey who do Lemonade Learning Podcast. We do the sweet and sour every week. And um, I don't know, it's just a lot of fun to be part of that community and to see it grow. So I invite you to join. And as always, thank you for listening. I will catch you in the next episode, which no idea what I will talk about. But if there's a topic that you would like for me to talk about, or even better, you want to talk with me, let me know. I hope you have a fantastic day and I will catch you next time.